0: January the 23rd, 2022. Uh, we got hammered yesterday with a snowstorm. All the roofs are covered with white snow. I'm looking out the window. It's a winter wonderland out there. And what the heck? It's already January 23rd. What do you expect in the Midwest? But we're nice and toasty inside our log cabin in an undisclosed location on the outskirts of town. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. These are your top five headlines for this Monday morning as we start the new week. Let's start off with headline number five. Biden administration blames Republicans for record immigration numbers. From the Daily Wired, President Joe Biden's administration blamed Republicans for an historically bad month of illegal immigration on the U.S.-Mexico border last month. Despite Democrats controlling the entire federal government in both chambers of Congress up until a few weeks ago. The administration broke the all time record for the number of illegal aliens encountered on the U.S. Mexico border last month. From Fox News Of course, the numbers will be higher when Republican elected officials, like smugglers, falsely proclaim the border is open because of a court order to lift Title 42 an administration official told Fox News. All right, so it's the old blame game, you know, blame somebody else for your own lack of leadership. Joe Biden, that's all he ever does is just blames everybody else. He never takes any responsibility for his own actions. Very typical of uh, Joe Biden. I don't do any harm, it's somebody else. Same thing with his classified document issue going on right now. But the Republicans also got to stand up and not sit around and not talk about the southern border. They do have the House in control now. They need to do what they need to do to make sure that we secure our southern border. Otherwise, it is truly a bipartisan issue that both parties are to blame for the southern border's invasion. So let's see how this all plays out. But uh, just starting off blaming the other party who's been in control for the past two years is absurd. Joe Biden is an absurd president when he makes statements like that. And the Republicans had better get a backbone, better stand up and do something about it, because it's not a pretty picture down on the southern border. All right, headline number four. Chicago's Lori Lightfoot says crime spree is due to people carrying cash. From Town Hall, Chicago's crime rate has skyrocketed under Democrat Mayor Lori Lightfoot's wing, making the city one of the most dangerous places in the U.S. However, rather than rethinking her soft-on-crime policies, Lightfoot blames the crisis on everything else. Earlier this week, Lightfoot suggested street vendors stop using cash to stem Chicago's crime problem. Citizens Free Press, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's concrete solution to solve crime in Chicago, Make sure that their money is secure. Not use cash if at all possible. Use other forms of transactions to take care of themselves. Nan Hayworth. Yes, of course, make the victims change their behavior. If you want your civic leaders instead to do something about the criminals, you need to elect Republicans. Lori Lightfoot claims carrying cash is the reason for crime epidemic. All right, so same old, same old stuff, you know, these far-left liberals... Uh, Democrats, I mean, these are the far lefties. I, don't, I have no idea why Chicago would keep that uh, mayor, Lightfoot, in office. She's been a total disaster for the city of Chicago. And this is a prime example that, you know, uh, reduce the police forces, blame the victims, don't carry cash. It's completely upside down, don't you agree, to think that the problem is the fact that you're carrying cash That's why crime rises. So you put all the issue, you put all the blame on the victims and not on the criminals that are out there stealing from law-abiding citizens. It's a complete atrocity. And if Chicago doesn't wake up, they're going to lose one of the greatest cities in this country to crime and violence. All right, headline number three, Antifa Stages Violent Protest in Atlanta. Washington Examiner police arrested six protesters who turned violent in downtown Atlanta late Saturday night, setting a police car on fire and smashing windows of local businesses. Independent journalist Andy Goh identified one of the arrested suspects as Francis Carroll, an Antifa activist who was out on bail for domestic terrorism and allegedly the son of a multimillionaire Maine family. Ian Miles Chung Antifa messed around with cops in Atlanta. Antifa found out. New York Post. The mayhem comes after Manuel Esteban Pez, Tehran, was shot and killed by Georgia State Police Troopers who were trying to clear protesters camping near the site of the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center, dubbed Cop City. Pez had allegedly shot and wounded an officer, officials said. Libs of TikTok. CNN's guests suggest we shouldn't use the word violent to describe the Antifa riots in Atlanta tonight. Antifa is currently destroying buildings and setting police cars on fire. Yeah, again, the left is uh, very good at setting the narrative, always accusing, making excuses for the victims. And the victims happen to be Antifa in this situation. So it's the reverse. They're the ones that are creating all the problems out there. They're the ones that are burning down buildings, setting cop cars on fire, smashing windows. It's because of the cops that uh, we can justify Antifa doing what they do. So therefore, the, the Antifa are the victims in this circumstance. But it's the complete opposite. Antifa is the instigators. They're the ones that are creating the problems and therefore they shouldn't be labeled violent, but yet they are very violent. They should all be arrested. They should all be put in jail. Uh, At a minimum, be responsible for all the damages that they've brought against the local businesses, like they did in Minnesota and Minneapolis areas, Philadelphia, all across the country where Antifa has come around and smashed buildings and put billions of dollars on the backs of small business owners in losses. Antifa is the problem. It's not the police. The police are only doing their job, and we need to have more of them, and we need to be more strict on those that break the law. All right, headline number two. Democrats rush to label Monterey Park shooting racially motivated. Wall Street Journal. Police on Sunday were searching for a gunman after at least 10 people were killed in a mass shooting in Monterey Park, California, east of Los Angeles, late Saturday. At least 10 others were taken to hospitals with injuries, some in critical condition. The shooting occurred around 10.22 p.m. at a ballroom dance facility. Monterey Park is a city of about 61,000 people with a large Asian American population, and the evening's Lunar New Year festivities were scheduled to end at 9 p.m. From Red State, Los Angeles County Sheriff Robert Luna stated that investigators have received different descriptions of the perpetrator, preventing them from providing a specific description, but that the suspect is a male Asian with a probable age range of 30 to 50 years of age. Andy Go, Democrats focused on the mass shooting in Monterey Park, California, hoping that it was racially motivated. It's not. While ignoring the violent attempted uprising last night in Atlanta, where Antifa and far-left extremists came equipped with explosives to overthrow the city's police. All right, well, they have found that suspect. He ha- happens to be a 72-year-old Asian man. So, again, the Democrats' idea of always using identity politics, blaming it on race, really has nothing to do with it. It is an Asian community, and it was an Asian man that had, had killed uh, the 10 people, the individual souls that lost their lives. I mean, you could uh, say it is uh, the same race, but, again, the Democrats, all they want to do is they want to use race as, a, as a, uh, a wedge issue to create division, to blame racial issues on individual races, create black-white division. This is what the, the Democrats are known for doing, playing identity politics. It's, it's just sickening that uh, people use these these tragic situations to make it about race. Who knows what was in that individual's mind, a 72-year-old man, what he was thinking. He's probably mentally ill, probably s- stressed out for some reason. Who knows what was behind his thoughts And to think that race was the main motivating factor is just speculation. And it's no business in the public square because all it does is create division between races, and it's not healthy for anybody. All right, headline number one. March for Life yields thousands of participants as White House discusses codifying Roe versus Wade. From the Washington Times, thousands of jubilant pro-life activists joined the first March for Life since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, pledging to take their fight against abortion to federal and state legislatures. Protesters at the 50th annual rally in March, which is held around the January 22nd, 1973 anniversary of the Roe decision that legalized abortion nationwide, walked to Congress instead of the Supreme Court for the first time to show support for federal laws restricting abortion. March for Life, Check out the time-lapse of the first March for Life in a hashtag America. Town Hall, just as then-White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki did for last year's March for Life, her successor, Karine Jean-Pierre, promoted President Joe Biden's legislative priority of making sure that it's it become law, referring to Roe versus Wade. The narrative has been to claim that this would merely codify Roe, though the legislation in question, the Women's Health Protection Act, WHPA, would radically expand Roe. Under the WHPA, abortion would be legal until the moment of birth in all 50 states without any restrictions. Well, that's not going to happen. I promise you that. There's no way you're going to allow for codifying Roe and allowing for abortion in all 50 states all the way up to birth, that's satanic, that's evil, and if that passes, you're going to see a big uprising against whoever puts that into law. That's just an absurdity that will have nothing to do in this country, if I have anything to do about it. I think everybody on this podcast listening today would, I think, would agree with me that that's just outside the bounds of any type of common sense If you have any moral values, any Christian beliefs, God-centered beliefs, regardless of what your religion teaches, I think most of us would agree that life has some value as God's children, as the Creator's children. And for a government to have such a law in place that allows for individuals to take the life of another human being is not something that we stand for, and we will not stand for it in this greatest nation on God's green earth, the United States of America. All right, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast starting out this new week. I'm your host, Marquis Vandemark. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow, and God bless all of you and throughout this week. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.